Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Podcast that's more unpredictable than your exit last call. Get ready for all the takes that you didn't know you wanted or needed. Now here's your hosts, John, Mike, and Jimmy, the Fantasy Hotheads. And we're back, and you are listening to the only fantasy football podcast that told you Sam Darnold would help you win, win your league. So, uh, all right, boys, we're back. Week eight in the books. Sam Darnold still seeing ghosts. Jets, dang on all kinds of players out there, only to be pulled back at the last minute. Um, same with the Bengals. Uh, more quarterback mix-ups. Got some guys coming back from injury. Uh, I lost a heartbreaker in our league of record this week going into the Sunday night game with a 45-point lead, watching it all nice and comfy. Next thing you know, Aaron Jones decides to whip it out, flop it on my face, and say, how you like me now? So <laughs> that's where we're at, boys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This, oh, is, sure. this is – we're, we're going to mark it down. Week 8 marks the collapse of the Reaper. That's, it's, it's on. It's full-on fucking collapse mode. Get ready for the 2020 season, the 20th anniversary. My team is abandoning me. So you're, you're now the Jets of, of fantasy football. I will never be the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody on your team is available until I actually try and get them. Uh, dude, I mean, what, do, do you want it? Do you want anybody on my team? No. Like, is there? <laughs> Like, is there any doubt in your mind that even the really good players that are on my team will do nothing because they were on my team? I mean, it's just what it is. It's yeah, what but as I, soon as I put them on my team, they'll be good. That's the whole point. Yeah, but the thing is, you have nothing good on your team except for one player, which you won't trade. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, I wish I could play people that score 70 points every week, but it doesn't happen like that for me. <laughs> I'm very fortunate. Yeah. I also play teams that don't score over 100 points very often, so that helps too. I think you just said what I said in a different, a different way. way. Yeah. Yep. That's the same thing. So you're also listening to the podcast where apparently the hosts don't listen to each other. Correct. That, that, uh, that makes for great listening people. 50% of the time it works every time. Yeah. Every I, time. In, case, in case you can't tell, I'm fucking fired up today. I woke up this morning. It was like a mini draft day for me. I'm like, oh, new players on new teams. This is going to be great. Uh, it started earlier in the week. I'm like, I have Kenyon Drake. He's going to go to Detroit. Or he's going to go to Houston, or he's going to go to Kansas City, and then he goes to fucking Arizona, where they already have seventy-four fucking running backs, and he's useless again because his fucking schedule's garbage. And then I'm like, all right, well, I stashed AJ Green. He's going to go somewhere good, and, you know. Evan Ingram's going to go to play with the goat. OJ Howard's going to go play with Russ. All kinds of shit's going to happen. <laughs> Nothing. This trade deadline was a bigger flop than LeBron in the final finals last year. Fucking terrible. But anyway, I keep to leave though. I keep to leave though. Got traded. Guy on fucking IR got traded. (laughs) So Miami could pick up more draft picks. Yeah, (laughs) we'll we'll get into that. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to. I'm I'm like jumping segments here. Like I literally just fucking. That was it, guys. I just made the Olympic pole vaulting team for how fucking far I just vaulted over every segment into our trade talks. (laughs) Oh shit! So uh, yeah, boys, week eight. Fantasy, tons of points out there. Uh, I know my team, no running backs. I I scored 155 points with zero out of the running back position. Zero? Like literally zero? Well, no, I had 11 points between two running backs. Yeah. That's basically a fucking zero. That's incredible, man. I mean, I, dude, I know I had a a 50 50 lineup going in FanDuel that scored 160 points and I didn't cash. 
Guys, we I scored 175 points and didn't fucking win the tournament. Ugh. Like 175, you figure cash money. I won by 20 points, 30 points. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, you know, 20 points off the win. But I mean, hey, it is what it is. It was a weird, weird week of scoring. A lot of uh, a lot of second secondary and tertiary players scoring points. I mean, Jimmy Pre-Show, you were talking about the tight end out in Houston, Darren Fells. Uh, you know, he's catching two touchdowns and, you know, Latavius Murray throwing up 30 burger. It, it was just a very um, off script week. You know, everybody was worried about Drew Brees coming back with the thumb. 30 points. Dude, I started Ryan Tannehill in a league. I, I literally went out, picked up Ryan Tannehill, start him. 28 points. Yeah. Picked up Derek Carr. 31 points. Yeah. My, my Patrick Mahomes injury isn't didn't hurt me at quarterback this week. It's my lack of production from the running back. And I can't even say that. I, I went nine and one this week. Literally nine and one. And I'm bitching about the one. <laughs> well, yeah, but the one is the one that you care about. The, the one the one is my fucking golden goose, bro. I, I mean, it, it's my white whale. I'm never going to get it. I'm Captain Ahab sailing around the ocean on this big fucking ship with a spear chasing a whale. I'm never going to fucking kill. You're going to win it on the 20th anniversary, John. I have faith in you. Isn't this the 20th anniversary? No, 2020. Uh, I think we just keep moving that out every year. Uh, well, I mean, I, don't, I, I got I, a monster I, week out of folks like Latavius Murray. Yeah, you know, two weeks in a row, actually. What, and, once, and... once again, hosts clearly listening to each other. I just brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! We have set the tone very high today, guys. <laughs> yes, you did. Bar How has been this? set. All right. And Tevin Coleman, two weeks in a row. Yes, that's a good one to bring back, up. Yeah. You know, a backfield that I thought was It really put useless. a stranglehold on the lead back role there. Yeah. You know, a, a Breda injury, a four-touchdown performance, and Mostert. So, Tevin Coleman has finally, I think, put the put the stamp of ownership on the starting back role in San Francisco. I hope so. You know, uh, one it of really our... is injury, though. You had Jeff Wilson went out on injury as well. Well, Jeff Wilson uh, wasn't really a factor. He, Jeff he Wilson was... was a he was a factor because Coleman was out. Right, exactly. And as soon as Coleman came back, obviously they gave him that red zone work back, which, uh, you know, you can tell it's working pretty well. I mean, the whole team is is, working pretty well. Is Jarek McKinnon the worst free agent signing in the history of free agent signings? Uh, (laughs) It seems that way. (laughs) Poor guy. No, I'm not. No no fault of his own. I mean, hey, what are you going to do? You get injured, you get injured. Yeah. Well, that's killed the mood. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was watching. I'm watching. Uh, I have the World Series on. You know, I'm watch baseball. I, I just watched the fucking umpire call a ball strike three that was literally halfway in the other batter's box. So, and Ryan Zimmerman just turned around. It's like, why? What are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> These umpires have been so bad. The best part about this World Series was the two girls that flashed the flashed fucking Garrett Cole in the middle of an inning. And then got banned from all major league stadiums for life. Oh, poor girls. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Provide provide entertainment for millions and then you get fucking punished for it, I tell you. <laughs> Jimmy, steer this train back on yeah, the tracks. Working on that. Okay. Fucking off the rails, dude. Shit. Wow. We talk about McKinnon, who's always injured prone, and, and we've been uh, pretty consistent about hit on injuries. So, Mike, take us through the key injuries, guys returning back position or guys going out guys returning all right so going out um the big the big news this week obviously was Kenyon drake getting traded to uh the arizona cardinals the reason that not detroit not houston not kansas city 
fucking Arizona. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the reason this went down is because Chase Edmonds got got hurt pretty bad, um, a hamstring injury. But it's looking like, uh, uh, John, you were saying grade two, which is a, a slight tear. Um, I mean, yeah. As far as my doctorate degree goes, uh, <laughs> well, you're the you are the resident expert, my friend. So um, I have I have relatively healthy hamstrings, so I don't really know. But that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, no, it's, but uh, it, it's Chase the knees Edmonds, that, it's the knees that quit on me. Chase, Chase Edmonds. Yeah, they said – I mean, why else – like, this is my thought on this. Why else do you go out and trade for a running back in his walk year? It, I mean, you have two very good running backs on your team. David Johnson's a star. Chase Edmonds is a very serviceable two. Both are injured. And then you go trade for a guy like Kenyon Drake. You didn't – I mean, you're not going out and trading for, like, you know, a legit third running back. Kenyon Drake's a starter in this league. So that tells me one of two things. Either Edmonds' hamstring is going to put him out for extended time – or Johnson's ankle is putting him out for an extended period of time, or both. So three things, I guess. Um, yeah, I would lean to the latter of that at this point without you know being there in the room hearing what's going on. It definitely seems like Edmonds is going to miss multiple weeks, if not the rest of the season. And it sounds like Johnson's got this high ankle issue that's just not improving. And I mean, Saquon Barkley spoiled us. Yeah, I'm coming mean, back in two weeks. You listen, know? not everybody can have uh, the blood of Wolverine, so uh, you know man, I don't know what to tell you. Man, these umps are just calling bad games. Jesus Christ! <sighs> so anyway. yeah, that's what's going on with uh, Arizona backs. Um, By the way, speaking of Saquon Barkley, yeah, how about that fucking stiff arm on Sunday? It was pretty gorgeous. It's a shame that guys it... got him wrapped up. He gets his arm in between him and choke slams him to the ground. Picks up seven more yards. That was yeah. amazing. Yeah, it wasn't like he just got the first. He got the first and then some. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was that was fuck. Did that win angry runs on Good Morning Football? Because if it didn't, then angry runs is fixed. <laughs> also, um, a bunch of other injuries. So four players have basically the exact same type of injury. James Conner, Royce Freeman, Miles Sanders, and Josh Jacobs all have minor shoulder injuries. Uh, you know, not exactly the same injury, but, you know, they all involve their shoulders and they're all probably going to play through them. Um, what a lot of people have been saying is like Jacobs played through it this week. Uh, get the magic shot right before the game and you're good. He, yeah, Jacobs played through almost – he did it in like the first quarter two weeks ago. Right, or, came back. Yeah. Or was that like three weeks ago? When they, were in London, when they were in London because then yeah. they were off and then – Right. So, yeah, he did it in the first quarter of that game, played the whole game, had a week, still had the issue, played fine, played serviceable this week. I mean, Connor, I think they said he would have been able to come out if that game wasn't already uh, in hand. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's football. Your shoulders, your knees, your hips, your hands, everything's going to hurt. Right. As long as there's nothing broke, torn, or uh, pointing the wrong way, you're going to play. The most important thing to know about that is that all of them are expected to be fine and continue to play, but you monitor the situation regardless. Uh, we got good news apparently on Darius Geis. He is uh, back at practice and eligible to return week 11. And well, let's, like that's exactly let's see this case. guy. Let's see this guy get through a practice before we say good news for him. Uh, uh, one guy we is haven't told anyone's team. Yeah, he's 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 on IR and a couple team a couple leagues that I, I'm in. I mean, here's the bottom line with guys like Darius Geis and even Mark Walton, the running back, the new, the new starting running back of the Miami Dolphins. Both of these teams have the same problem. They You're suck. in very negative game scripts. You're never going to be in the fucking red zone to have a goal line carry anyway. Like, 
I get it. They're a starting running back for their team. But what what are you really realistically going to get out of these guys? Huge Not question marks at quarterback. On yeah, both I mean, teams. huge question marks at coaching on both teams. Like, here's the here's the perfect scenario for me for Mark, for what what I think about what you just said. You know, like negative games. We have a guy in our league, Saquon Barkley owner, dropped Wayne Gallman to pick up Mark Walton. I mean, I feel like owning Saquon Barkley with that ankle issue. Having Wayne Gallman is more value to your team than having Mark Walton. You know, the situation's got to be right to pick this guy up. It's not like you're going to put him on your team and you're going to slot him in there as RB2 week in, week out. Definitely not RB1. Like, this is a guy who you might consider flexing in, if you're in bye week hell. Right? I mean, I don't really And see- it would have to be an amazing matchup. I think, who does Miami have this week? The Jets? So, like... Just like you said, if I'm in bye week hell, I might consider putting him in the flex spot. Bye yeah. week and injury hell. I mean, yeah. You got to really lean. So like me, I have one. <laughs> I have one running back to play this week, and it's fucking right. Frank Gore. Well, trade for Mark Walton. <laughs> it'll only, you probably still it'll, pick him up. It'll only cost you your first round pick. It's yeah. I'll, I'll uh, hey, what do you want from Mark Walton? Uh, give me Amari Cooper and Mike Evans. That should get it done. Oh, sure, cool. Sure. Put that right in. Thanks. No problem. Put it in. I accept. Yeah. But um, another guy that we forgot to talk about, apparently coming back this week from Turf Toe, Devontae Adams. Right. Yeah, so hope, I hope that's offense, the case. That offense is clicking, and now you get the best receiver in the room back. Whoo-wee! I yeah, think uh, the rumors of Aaron Rodgers' demise have been greatly exaggerated. Thank oh, God. To say the least. Yeah. I, I am pleasantly surprised. So all, all you guys three weeks ago that cut bait and dumped? I'm one of those people. You're kicking yourself right now. I didn't. I didn't actually dump him, but I've been trying to get you to dump him, and you wouldn't let me. One hundred and right. twenty points over the last two weeks. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, so basically, Jacksonville has two wide receivers dealing with some stuff. They put Marquise Lee on IR today, um, and for whatever reason, I didn't write down why. I guess it was in me. <laughs> I don't know. Because no one I'm, gives a shit about Marquise. Lee. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Didi Westbrook uh, did aggravate an existing injury, so they pulled him out. Apparently, it was precautionary, but it's possible he could miss time. So, uh, you know, bottom uh, line is is Chark playing next week? Yeah. Well, listen, Jacksonville's actually matters. got a great matchup against. Nothing Houston. else matters if baby Chark's on the field, dude. It's yeah, Chark nothing else matters. Chark is on the field. I think that Chris Connolly is a waiver wire target this week, so uh, he's probably. I, I have been steadily, you know, increasing my shares of Chris, uh, Chris Connolly. Chris Connolly, yeah. yeah. Connolly, yeah. Connolly. He was a he was with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs two years ago. Yeah, and he's an athletic freak. He got up to twenty two miles an hour on the touchdown run last week. Fucking cheetah. Very fast. <laughs> Very fast. I feel now, you underestimate the, the speediness. The biggest injury that we had last week at the wide receiver position, uh, L.A. Rams, Brandon Cooks. This uh, is, yeah, this is scary. Guys, I mean, this is, this is what you don't want to see in the NFL is when players just take direct shots to the head, regardless of whether it's clean or not. This was a clean hit. Um, but it's just unfortunate the way it went down, and he just he, – <laughs> it did not look good, guys. And apparently he's not looking too good now. 
even uh, a, you know a couple days now after the injury. They're sending him to a specialist. Well, I, I don't know if it's anything to do with how he's recovered from this concussion. It's the, it's the sheer volume of concussions he's been diagnosed with over the last year. I mean, right. I, th- I think if I read correctly, it's been four in the last calendar year, which is bad. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot, man. I mean, it, I think it's second this month, though. Right? Yeah, second in three weeks. Right, second in three weeks. That's not good. I mean, you look at what, what's going on with uh, Sterling Shepard with the New York Giants. He's missed multiple weeks because of the same kind of issue. And uh, I, I have a feeling we're going to be looking at the exact same. Now, they're on by this week, which, I mean, that, that's great. But honestly, I, I just don't see him coming back right away. Dude, it, it's scary. I mean, the, the concussion thing is scary, not just because, like, you know, the, just the things that go along with it, the, like your brain's not working right. Like it's, it's a really, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know if you've got, I know Jimmy, you've had a concussion so, before I've, I've had, I've had multiple and there's times like I, I've told I think I told this story on the show before there was a time in high school when I took, I was playing receiver. I took a hit on a crossing route over the middle from a middle linebacker. Uh, I played the rest of that game, went out, partied that night, hung watched football that Sunday, went to school Monday and Tuesday. Literally the first thing I remember after that play is sitting in woodworking class on Tuesday afternoon and wondering how the fuck I got there. Yeah, it's like the first lucid memory I had. And I had scary. practice on Monday, went to school. Like, like I said, dude, went, like went about my life, had no recollection of anything that had happened over the prior three and a half days. And be bad. back then, I mean, we're talking about the, the late nineties back then, like you had a concussion, they're like, all right, well just, don't practice with a helmet for the for a couple of days and yeah. you know get ready for the game. It wasn't all the precautions that you have now. You know, it, it just wasn't a thing. It wasn't as researched. But I mean, your brain just doesn't work right. And and it like if you, the bad ones, your brain kind of works against you. Like it's weird. It's it's I don't know how to explain it. It's not a it's not a very like uh, comfortable yeah. thing. Yeah. So you know, I've, I've had like eleven. <laughs> Most of those were were football related. Um, the last one was not. It was actually snowboard related. Uh, that's when I knocked myself out pretending I could still do jumps and uh, <laughs> saw in black and white after two minutes of being just being out. Yeah. So everything was black and white. That just tells you like how your brain just can't function. Your your brain is literally hitting your skull. Yeah. It's it's not good. Wow, my concussion story is nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I ever went to the hospital for sports uh, playing hockey, I got I got knocked out. Uh, I was out for more than 30 seconds laying on the ice. They ended up stretching me in, into an ambulance and off to the hospital for two days. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no. but I, I was fine. There were no – I had no effects that you guys are talking about. I just remember wanting to get the hell out of there. But, yeah, man. It, like I said, like – and that's to say, like – and, you know, I don't know how many I've had. I've had multiple between wrestling, hockey, and football over 20-something years of playing. You know, and it, it was always you just go back out. You just bite the bullet and you go back out on the field. Now, like thankfully, like they started taking shoulder pads, taking helmets. Like you have any kind of hit to the head, you're checked immediately. But it's it's the world we live in now. And then you see these guys, and this is nowhere near the speed of an NFL player hitting you. You know, like you have a peak athlete in in his prime coming at you like a fucking tomahawk missile and hitting you right in the dome. It, it puts you out. So yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's it's kind of a scary thing, especially with the amount of times it's been. like Sterling Shepard's going through the same thing right now. He he's on his second concussion of the season, and he hasn't played in three weeks. You know, right? But you know, we 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 hope they get better. We hope they get back out on the field. But you know, get your get yourself healthy first. 
Absolutely. Now, how does that affect the Rams at this point? I would say, you know, keep an eye out for, for Robert Woods. I think that his involvement has, I mean, cause everybody's talking about Josh Reynolds right now. I kind of talk about that in streamers and dreamers, uh, how he had the touchdown and I mean, guys, he had three catches. One of them happened to go for a touchdown. It's just everybody the, gets so they want to be the, the guy. That was the guy I called. That was the guy I called. But I mean, dude, and you said he had a stat line. What was it? Three catches, 35 yards and a touchdown. No, it was three for 73, 73. And, a, and a touchdown. Uh, the touchdown was 35 yards. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah. The touchdown was 35. It was a long, a long touchdown. Uh, Cooper Cup. Just fuck to put Cooper it in perspective. Cup. Fuck Cooper Cup and Aaron Jones. Fuck them both. Cooper Cup, 10, 10 receptions, 220 yards. Yo, TJ had Cooper Cup and Aaron Jones in the lineup against me. Those two assholes scored 108 of his 157 points. Two players scored 108. He got 49 points from the rest of his roster. Yep. <laughs> that's that's how that that's and how Aaron that Jones And Aaron Jones had two touchdowns called back and missed a quarter. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes the fantasy is a fickle beast. Yes, it is. So Coop, Cooper, I think, is the guy that he continues to feed. Woods will start to get his – you know, Reynolds will see his looks, but, but I think I it's think, still those two top guys. And I think that the uh, if anybody sees an uptick in targets, it's going to be the tight ends, if you ask me. I think Higby and, I think and Everett, Everett both. I think Everett becomes more of a um, – more of a, a focal point rather than just a supporting piece right. with um, – Cooks being out because I think, I think Woods slides into Cooks's role, which I don't think he excels at. Cooks excels at that role because of his speed. Right. Woods is fast, but he's not Brandon Cooks fast. Um, I think Everett ro- rolls into the into the Woods role, and I think that Woods, like that PPR, the possession guy that Woods has become, kind of goes to the tight end now. So, I think that you're right. I think the tight end in that offense is what's going to see the uh, added benefit of Brandon Cooks being sidelined. But, again, I don't really – dude, the amount of targets that Cooper Cup gets compared to the rest of the team. Like, I was, I was looking over Todd Gurley's numbers. He's 81 yards receiving this year. At this point in last season, he had over, over 400, I think. Mm. You know, the, the targets just aren't there. It's it, – everything is being filtered through Cooper Cup in that offense right now, which is crazy, but it is. I mean, yeah, that's what's working. going on. I mean, it sucks and for those lot of receivers. But it is working. I mean, that well, is the, that is the truth. Uh, give us some uh, quarterback news before we move on. All right, so the biggest quarterback uh, news to talk about, Joe Flacco has a herniated disc in his neck. Um, basically, right now, they're, he's absolutely not going to play this week. They go on by in week 10, and they're going to evaluate from there. Uh, IR is a possibility. He is already going to see a, uh, a secondary uh, second opinion uh, doctor to see what else can be done. It's not career threatening, uh, according to the report that I read, but it is, you know, it's concerning. It's the neck, you know, it's not a, well, I think his ability to play football is career threatening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, I mean, he's gotta be good to come back. That's the problem. So, uh, you know, I mean, Let's be real here, guys. He's he's not doing very well. Um, he he tried to criticize Fangio for not going for uh, uh, one particular play at the end of the game. It's just like, dude, you haven't thrown a touchdown in three weeks. Like, just relax. Well, why am I going to trust you today? Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. So, well, I mean, Jameis Winston's probably the most upset about this because now his uh, he's now clearly the worst quarterback in the NFL. That's true. God, I was with actually Mar- going to ask the question with Mariota on the bench and Flacco out. Done? Now it's right. Jameis Winston. I was going to say, are we done, or do we think Winston sits? 
No, Winston... they've already they've already said that he they're giving him the season to make his case. So Winston's got the rest of this year. He's got to prove that he could do it. Which is, dude, this is crazy. He's got the number three, right? No, yeah, the number three and number five ranked receivers in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And he's only QB what fourteen? It's the interception. How many interceptions does he have? Well, the, season right now? The, the article that I was reading, that had, it's like, yeah, he's got the three and the five ranked receivers in the football, but his third, his third favorite receiver is the other team. <laughs> the other team. <laughs> <laughs> that's, which is so perfect. It's like, yep, that's that's accurate. <laughs> so accurate. I mean, it's the truth. He he throws the ball up there. I swear to God, with reckless abandon, and just says, "Okay, Dude, you guys it, go get it." I, I don't think, think he sees the defense. The end of the, the end of the Tennessee game this week. I mean, uh, I think I was telling you guys, if that doesn't make a case for OJ Howard needing to be involved in that offense, I don't know what was. They were taking away Howard and Evans. They were like, "All right, beat us with Brashad Perryman," and he's forcing the ball to Brashad Perryman. Like the the, I I, I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. I you got me, dude. But I can tell you right now, there's no way that Bruce Arians like has future plans that involve Jameis Winston. There's just no way. So. Oh. In, yeah, the, in the case day. you guys, in case you guys are wondering, Bud Light Double Fisters on TV right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, I wasn't. Yes. Uh, no, I wasn't. Yes. <laughs> so I want to, um, I want to wish somebody very special a happy birthday today. Um, Andy Dalton, happy birthday. And your present is you don't have to play for the Bengals anymore. That is that is your present. You, yeah, sit on the bench. I bet he's uh, wishing they gave that to him five years ago. It is it is Ryan Finley time. Um, Cincinnati is just I, I you know I've never played football in my life. I've never coached football in my life. I know for a fact I could do much better with that team than what these people are doing right now. Like you got to be kidding me with the way that they're they're running this operation. Yeah, dude. So when they announced the when they announced the Dalton benching, I literally just the rest of the day I didn't take my phone out of my hand because I was waiting for the AJ Green tweet. Like, oh, thank you to the city of Cincinnati. It's been great. I love spending my career there. Time to move on. You know, we don't get to pick where we go, but I'll always have a place in my heart for Cincinnati. And it never came. I'm like, where is it? Why is this tweet not happening? He he has to have been traded. No, because once AJ Green plays with Ryan Finley, he's going to want to sign back up for this fucking shit show again. This is, dude, what? I don't know what to say. Like you apparently had offers for Tyler Eifert and and wouldn't pull the trigger on it. Tyler Eifert, who is literally just injured every other game, definitely a first round bust. And you're getting an offer for him, and you're going to turn it down. No, we don't trade players with talent. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have seven guys on the block that you're actively shopping. So you're basically telling guys that are starters on your team, they don't have any talent. Ugh. It's horrible. Um, Pat Mahomes is going to play this week. That's what it looks like, um, and which, which is amazing. What a beast. He's just the man. I, hope, I, I really hope that ends up being the case because he's just so great. And – that's about all I have to say about that. I'm, I'm just, I'm so sick by like some of the inactivity that we had today. And like, I'm really, I'm pissed off that there are legitimately five teams in the NFL right now that are just racing to the bottom. 
I feel like it's a problem. You know, I, it, it's, be, it's it's embarrassing. There used to be parity in this league, and it just it's just gone. You know, it's it's embarrassing. I mean, with, with the there's always the teams that are going to tank for the first draft pick, but like, but I don't think these teams are tanking. Like Miami is, put them aside. I think these teams literally legitimately think that they're making the best decisions for the future of their franchise. Like Washington. Washington feels like a team that's trying. You know what I mean? Like they're they're trying to to be better, but they're just they're so bad. Yeah. Washington Washington, the Jets, Cincinnati, they're they're not tanking. They're just poorly run organizations. Well, and the Jets, the Jets are I mean, like dude, we could probably have an entire episode just about the Jets. And I love it in the offseason, because we're Mike and I are Giants fans. We don't make any we don't hide that at all. In the offseason, every Jets fan that called into New York radio was talking about how it's their city now and the Giants are the joke franchise and we're going to be in the playoffs. And blah, 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 blah. Where the fuck are you guys at? One win. A fluke win at that. I mean, the, the only thing they're going to win is a higher draft pick than the Giants this year. I mean, that, that's it. It's all, the only thing you'll ever be ranked higher than us in is the draft. Like that, that, That's it. That's it. That's all it is. Let's let's dangle our all pro franchise building safety out there only to pull the pull the plug back at pull the plug at uh you know four oh one say nope nothing. Meanwhile, you sat with him earlier in the week and he told you he wanted to be in New York, he wanted to be a jet, he told you this, and then you have the PR department tweet out that he came to you and said he wanted to be traded and he wanted to be traded to his hometown. Thank you, Blake. You fucking lied about a conversation you had with a, your own player. And he's calling them out on it on Twitter. You like, know, he's, like, he's not being quiet doing? about this. And how do you think Le'Veon Bell feels? Knowing this that is, he was, he this was... is this, this is the same team that fined and then cut a player because he had surgery, because he had to decide to have the surgery on his own because the team wouldn't let him go on IR. He, he, the, I can't say his name. I can't, I can't. Osemily. Osemily. Kalechi Osemily. I think that's Kalechi Osemily. Yep. He couldn't lift his arm up because of his shoulder injury. And they're like, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. Oh, we're going to find you. You, you don't want to show up. You're getting fined. Oh, you're, you're going to have surgery on your own to fix your body. No, nope, you're cut. Not even IR. So now he doesn't get health benefits. He's nothing. He's out there on his own. Like what kind of scumbag franchise does that? You know, it's, I, do you know, I think Woody Johnson isn't, is the owner of the team, but he's not actually active, actively involved in the running of the team anymore because I think he's like a, uh, as, what is Woody, it, jo- a, Woody Johnson is an ambassador to the UK. England, right. Yeah. So right. His, his son is running football operations for, for the Jets. Is that right? Yes. And he's terrible at it. Yeah. It, it seems like it. <laughs> Is his son or his brother? It might be his brother. I, I honestly, I don't know. it's a family member. Let's put that. Like, guy's last name is Johnson, so it's like yeah. you know, Johnson and Johnson. Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's one of those fuckers. Stick to your lotion. It's probably S C Johnson, but we'll we'll go there anyway. <laughs> since, since we're kind of on the topic of yeah. trades and trash so, kind of teams, let's talk about what the like the trades that we were expecting on this spectacle day that never happened. Like, who are the top names that are being floated out there that you thought, or where do you think they were going to go, or, or what are the teams that 
screwed it up. And we you know, start you know what, Jimmy? So I think you should start this. Green. You should start this, Jimmy, because your team, the Eagles, were rumored to be highly involved in the cornerback market. Did did you get a, a cornerback today? No. And they weren't the only team that was in the quarterback cornerback market. And Lord knows we need it because literally you can a, a blind man could pass our, our defensive backs and catch a touchdown pass a la digs. You know, it's not hard. And you don't have to be fast. So I, I don't know what the deal is with the Eagles not coming up with what they really need because they don't have that, that, at least the Eagles can be competitive, so they need to be making moves. Yeah, they could be competitive in regular season games, but without that kind, without that ability to defend on the back end of the playoffs, you're you're a fucking one and done team. I mean, absolutely. They, they, so oh, it was a move they needed to make. Yeah, it, they needed to go out there and get one of. The, they needed to get either Slay, which I don't really think Slay was available, but I think they needed to get Chris Harris Jr. Like, there's there's no reason that the Broncos would hold on to him. Other than they just couldn't get what they wanted for him. Yeah, I mean, were they? I'm not saying that they were looking for Jalen Ramsey type return, but like, how close to that were they looking to get? You think? I mean, dude, there's not even the same ballpark. But I mean, I don't know. I think John Elway is a pretty bad GM, so he might have been asking for that kind of return. But I mean, dude. But you got to be willing to make the move, you know. Again, what was? Didn't you say earlier today, John, that Eagles were? willing to give up a first round for, for Ramsey. So I think they were willing, willing to give to up multiple first rounds or, or multiple early round picks, you know, first and two seconds or something like that. But yeah, I, mean, I don't if know. You really, if you really think you're going to be competitive this year and want to win, then you need to make that move. Otherwise you're right. If you end up winning the, the division over Dallas, that's really all it is. All right. So let's say this. I think green Bay is probably going to end up with home field in the NFC. It's looking that way. But let's say something happens and Green Bay gets in as like a three seed and the Eagles get in as a four seed and they play in round one in in Lambeau, right? Oh, no, no, no. They would, they would, they would no, three, they six, four, five. So let's say Eagles get in as a six. They play in Lambeau week one, right? And do you think Aaron Rodgers – Throws for any less than 500 yards and seven touchdowns against that secondary. If he has to, like you, you know, see, you see what he's doing. You see what he's doing with practice squad receivers. And he's leaning on on uh, Aaron Jones, as you saw. Yeah, but I, I mean, a Fuck game like him. that, Devontae Adams could have three touchdowns easily. Right. Now, also, there were a lot of rumors that maybe Robbie Anderson would be headed over to the Eagles. They might have been in the market for a wide receiver. Yeah, I, I don't know how Robbie Anderson didn't get moved. I don't know how A.J. Green didn't get moved. I don't know how Harris didn't get moved. I, I kind of understand especially, why. Especially Anderson. I mean, Anderson, to me, doesn't seem like he would have required a return. Like, Green, I'm sure, would have been, like, you know, a third-round pick or, or more, right? Like, that's probably what they were expecting to get in return for him. But, like, I mean, Robbie Anderson's his, – his numbers, his production is – I mean – I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't expect a, a huge, huge return for, for Robbie Anderson. I, Robbie know. Anderson probably could have been had for a, a fifth conditional. Right. You know, the, the Eagles would have loved a guy like Robbie Anderson to go on the other side of Alshon Jeffrey to stretch the field and could actually catch the ball. Right. You know, I mean, I feel like the Eagles are the big, big loser on deadline day, man. There were so many things that they could have done to make this team a legit contender. They didn't do any of it. 
They didn't do any of it. And they didn't I, get a defensive back. They didn't get a receiver that can catch the ball. They didn't pick up an offensive lineman. They did nothing. They did nothing. The, the Browns, the same thing. You, you got Baker Mayfield basically playing without a blindside tackle right now, and you did nothing to address it. You went after the biggest name on the market and had no contingency plan, knowing that you're dealing with a franchise that's worse run than you are. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just, oh, man, we couldn't write this script, you know? Uh, so the other one you mentioned there was A.J. Green. Where did you think he was going to go? I don't know they... where I thought he would go, but I had a wish list of teams I would like to see A.J. Green go to, uh, starting with New Orleans, then Green Bay, and last but not least, because I kind of want to see A.J. Green get a ring, and I really like A.J. Green. I always have. I would if he didn't go to those two teams, I would like to see him end up in New England with the goat. Yeah, the goat. Go, you know, New England's already picked up a couple of wide receivers. Yeah, there. but I mean, the Sanu deal kind of made that non uh, a non factor. But him so. across from uh, either Devontae Adams or Michael Thomas would be pretty sweet. Oh my god, pretty sweet. And you give sweet. you give two of the best quarterbacks around the, uh, you know, just another weapon. To, to help them run. That that would be an amazing NFC championship game right there. Breeze versus Rogers. Woo-wee! I mean, definitely I, I see what you're saying about New Orleans. I think with the way that Michael Thomas lines up, he's usually working the inside. So to have AJ Green stretching it out and opening it up, I, I think that's that would be that'd be pretty awesome. And imagine what that does for Kamara. You know? I mean phew. That whole team Shit. could just – the play action. Oh, man, the play action in that. All day long. Drew Brees is willing to spread the ball around, so they'll all get theirs. Yeah, it's – I see what you're saying, but it's – it's. I think it was just expensive. It would be a lot a lot to get them. I, see, I don't think – I mean, you, you got a – for A.J. Green, you got a wide receiver that hasn't played this year. He's got a lower lower leg injury, Again. and he's at the end of his career. Dude, I – you know, a fourth round pick for AJ Green, and that's the that's the player that gets you over the hump for a Super Bowl. I mean, Dude, listen, if, I'd be if, I'd be willing to give a third for AJ Green. If we're the executives of Cincinnati, we should be willing to. Like I said, I, I I still feel like you should be willing to take a lot, you know, to to add assets to your team, especially at this point. Guys like AJ Green are not going to save your team. You need to build the trenches, man. Your friggin' offensive line is a joke. You can't run the ball. You know, you got this guy like, you know, this this horse in Joe Mixon that's just being wasted, absolutely wasted, you know? I mean, and, I feel like I feel like this is the conversation we have every week. It's just about a different franchise. We had it about Cleveland a couple of weeks ago, how you're wasting guys like Nick Chubb and Odell Beckham because you went out and got the flashy new sports car and forgot to get the fucking, you know, you, you forgot to get the, the, get the road paver. You know, you didn't get the – you know, you got the, the, the shell of the car without putting the engine or the transmission in it. So it's – the teams are forgetting how to build – build. you know, you build from the inside out. I mean, as bad as Gettleman is at what he's doing right now, at least he's trying to build the inside of the team. He's trying to build the lines up. He's not doing a very good job at it. But, I mean, maybe the Leonard Williams trade oh, – fuck, fuck, dude, I don't know. You don't, you don't even believe that. Great player, wrong move. That's, that's how I feel about the Leonard Williams trade for the Giants – you know, this is a guy who will be a good player on another team. Yeah, you know, but I don't see what purpose he serves on the Giants right now. That's neither here nor there. But uh, fantasy irrelevant. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll just say we're just talking about 
it may be fantasy ball. We're talking about how teams are run and how people you just see guys going out there making moves for moves for the wrong reasons. You know, you don't just make a move to make a move. This will we'll get into this a little bit later when we talk about we're gonna get in that, you know, what how to make the trades to get your fantasy team over the hump and get you into that final and, and win your league. You know, so when we start talking about that, it's kind of the same things we're saying that these NFL GMs are doing. Like these guys are going out there and making moves, but they're not the right moves. They're, and I know they get paid millions of dollars, and I'm sitting here talking in my basement for free on a podcast for an hour. But I mean, anybody with a brain gets, oh well, you don't see behind the scenes. No, I see the finished product, and it ain't fucking working. Yep. So, so the other guy that you know that we're talking about moving is uh, anger with the Giants. Right, didn't happen, which I'm sure you guys are happy about, but you know. Talks were that that was going to be the, the the new Gronk over there in New England, right? Yeah, I mean there there was rumors floating around around one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon that there was uh, a possibility that the Patriots were interested in Ingram. Um, I think the Patriots were interested in every tight end in the league. I think they're realizing that that offense doesn't flow as well without Brady with with Gronk, with w- without Brady having Gronk. So they were looking for a dynamic pass catching tight end, and there's a few of them that may or may not have been available. And I think they shot their shot with, with the Giants to get Ingram. And rightfully so, the Giants are like, look, you know, he's a young tight end. We have a young quarterback. They seem to have something going. We want a first-round pick. And the Patriots, rightfully so, said it. Kick rocks. So Ingram's still a Giant. He's not a Patriot. And Brady still has only one guy that he likes throwing the ball to. But they were, they were looking at Tyler Eifert for sure. Uh, he's some, got he's got talent. He's Cincinnati got, doesn't quit on talent. Like he's yeah, but he's also an injury prone tight end that can't finish more than six games. Cincinnati does not quit on talent. Um, OJ Howard down in Tampa. Speaking of tight ends, I mean, you fastest know, left tackle in the league. It's uh, <laughs> it's kind of mind boggling. You know, if you're not going to utilize him, then why not try and get something for him? But I mean. That, Whatever. Seems, that seemed to me like a little bit of a clash of philosophy between the head coach and the front office. The front office dra- spent a lot of draft capital on this guy, taking him in the first round, and the head coach was like, I don't fucking need him. Yeah, I mean... I'm fine using Cameron Brait for what I need to use him right. for. But you yeah. had to know that when you, when, like, when you picked up Bruce Arians. Like, you had to understand the kind of systems that he likes to run. Yeah, so I think Bruce Arians was probably fine trading him, but... You know, the front office was like, no, dude, we're not giving up on him. Find a way to use him. And so we'll see so, how that works in the uh, in so, the rest of this season and then to the offseason next year. O.J. Howard OJ Howard just remains in fantasy limbo and NFL limbo. I, I mean, just imagine if you put O.J. Howard with Russell Wilson, you know? Yeah, or put him with fucking Brady. Oh, man. You know that Belichick would turn that guy into fucking... Fuck it. Throw him in New Orleans with, with Breeze. Yeah. Not yeah. that they would trade him inner inner division. No, no, they wouldn't. But still, I agree. I concur. I mean, there was even some rumor. I I kind of heard one rumor. It wasn't a substantiated rumor that maybe Zach Ertz was uh, uh, also being thrown around or tossed around. But... I think that was one of those um, one of those wishful trades. <laughs> you know that that uh, you know some of these sites like to throw out there a lot right. of conjecture and like. You know, the writer of this blog is a fan of one of these teams, so this is the trade he'd like to see happen. It was um, 
Zerts to Arizona for Patrick Peterson. Um, I mean, you got Dallas Goddard, so I mean, it's not really that big of a hit for you. Yeah, but I, at the at the same time, I mean, could I? Oof, Zach I mean, Ertz, Zach Ertz and that uh, air raid offense out in Arizona, I think would be real nice. It yeah. would be. I mean, but obviously, you know, Philly drafted Goddard with a plan, and I would assume that that plan was to, you know. Use both of them. I mean, they have been using both of them. Like, granted, it's been hurting Ertz, but Let, let's be honest. Philly drafted Dallas Goddard for one reason, one reason only. The Dallas Cowboys were trying to trade up to get him. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're I'm really not. not. They were. They, just, much, they were. They were trying to get rid of the Jason, the next Jason Witten, is what they were trying to do. Yeah, and maybe they did. And Goddard's playing well there, so they don't need him. I mean, Ertz Ertz has been killing their fantasy value. You drafted him way early, and the return is just not there. Do you think that's going to last throughout the rest of the season, though? Like, you don't think there's going to be some sort of correction? I think there's going to be a correction. There's going to be an uptick, but I don't know if people are going to get the value that they think they're going to get out of Ertz. He's going to – he's going to – you're going to get more output from Ertz. I don't know if you're going to get the same production you got last year. Who's the most valuable tight end in the NFL right now? Valuable t- as far as what? Like who's the number one? Who's if you could you could pick any tight end right this second rest of the season? Who would it be? It's going to sound like a homer pick, but I think I, I want Ingram the rest of the season. Favorable schedule, uh, quarterback chemistry seems to be you know it's just his injuries have been kind of a problem. Um, Kelsey has a pretty decent schedule left. I like Kittle. Kittle, Kittle is going to put up 90 points this week. I like Kittle a lot. I think that I 100% mean, of tight ends that have played Arizona have outscored their projections this year. Right. And he plays them twice in the next three weeks. Yeah. But it, that's not the only reason I like Kittle. I mean, Kittle has been a productive member of that team uh, for the last few weeks. So I, I don't see that diminishing. And I think a guy like Emmanuel Sanders actually helps him you know, by taking some of the pressure off. So um, I think Kittle would be my number one rest of the season right now. But I I also look for guys like Kelsey to, you know, kind of get over whatever's been ailing them. You know, he's going to get Mahomes back healthy. And, uh, you know, he's he's just – he's ridiculous. So I I could definitely see Kelsey falling out as well. But Bit of the drops, but he'll get over that hump. Who's the guy? Uh, I'm just drawing a complete blank right now. The, the tight end from Baltimore, Mark Andrews. Andrews. Speaking Mark of a case Andrews. of the drops, mm-hmm. that guy's drops are scary, though. Have you, have you ever seen him drop a ball? He drops it by throwing it straight up in the air. <laughs> like, dude, what are you doing? Draw, <laughs> it's like he's setting it for a spike in volleyball. It's like, here you go. What are you? <laughs> ah! <laughs> like, I've, I've literally made that sound watching him try to catch a ball. Like, dude, no, stop. But, just... but if he can, he can get over that, that. and it, I'm looking at his schedule, and, you know, he ends your, your playoff rounds in fantasy with, you know, Bills, Jets, Browns. That's mm. not a great – it's not a great schedule for a tight end. Bills, uh, Bills and Jets are very strong against the tight end position. The Browns aren't very good against anything. Anyway. But... <laughs> Oh, Browns. It's dude. It's just, uh, you know what? I mean, I would say I feel bad for him, but I don't. They they 
flopped it out like they'd been there and won three straight Super Bowls and were going back for a fourth, and they're, they're the best franchise in football. And they haven't done it, dude. They were talking shit after a seven-win season. I mean, like, what were you thinking? He's a rookie. Mayfield was just, I don't know, feeling he's himself, not a rookie. I guess. He's not a, he's not he a rookie. Was. He was last year. Yeah. All his talking came this year. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, you know, I still, I still think that they, where they really screwed up. Was... I still want to know. I still want to know if the Giants and Eli Manning ruined Odell Beckham's career. No, no way. Because uh, no, I mean, according to him, they did. Whatever. Yeah. Um, no, I really think that where where Cleveland screwed up was with Kitchens. I don't think that he they they should not have gone with a first year, you know, a first time head coach just because Baker Mayfield sort of liked them. Like, they needed somebody who could manage those personalities in that locker room. And they, I, Yeah, they wanted a guy that the front, the front office keep their thumb on. Right. And, and wouldn't, wouldn't go outside of script and would just do what he was told. And Freddie Kitchens, that guy. And, yeah, I mean, the script the, sucks. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> the players seem to like Freddie Kitchens because he doesn't discipline. Because right. he's their buddy and he's, you know. Out there before the game with his receivers gloves on, throwing passes like I don't need that, my coach. I need my, I need Bill Belichick. That's what I want. I want the next Bill Belichick. Right. I'm gonna be mean. I'm gonna be nasty. You're gonna work your ass off, and you might even hate it here, but I'll get you a ring. But the funny thing, the funny thing is, if you start to you hear all these interviews coming out of about former from former players of Bill Belichick, he's a player's guy. You know, uh, was it Chris Long was talking about how when he went to uh, New England. One of the things he looks at is where they make you sit on the team plane. He's talking about how Bill Belichick would give would have veterans come and sit up in the first class seats and make coaches him and coaches would go sit back in the back of the plane. You know, like that's a big thing to get respect from the older guys on your team, like your veterans, you guys that, you know, they put the travel in on the back of the plane. You know, give them the first class seats. Have your position coaches and you go sit back in coach or economy, whatever the fuck it's called now. But like little things like that that make veterans put the extra mile out for you. And that, that's why guys like Bill Belichick win the way they do. They don't go out there and they're not, you know, pounding shots with the players at the bar. They're putting the work in there, but then they're establishing, you know, like, look, I do care about you guys, but I care about winning too. So I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do the little things to keep you guys happy and keep you comfortable, but I need you guys to do the little things on the field. I need you to do your job. I need you to show up, do your job and not bitch. You know, I mean, He's got fucking linebackers playing fullback because of the injuries they have. He's got – there's been times like back in the beginning of the dynasty, he had – was it Troy Brown playing corner and safety. You know, this mm-hmm. is a guy, and Super Bowl MVP receiver playing defensive back for him because he needs, needs to put him out there. Right. Like, he gets the most out of his players, and everybody thinks he's this hard-ass guy, but like they don't see him behind the scenes where he's with the players. And like, Have you ever heard, other than Michael Bennett, who's just a generally unhappy guy to begin with, it sounds like, have you ever heard anybody bashing Bill Ch- Belichick that's played for him? Very few. You know, I mean, even Antonio Brown, and he says bad shit about everybody. Hasn't said anything <laughs> bad about Bill Belichick. So. All right, fellas. Let's move off of this. Um, again, sticking with the trades. And, we, and you kind of alluded to some of this, John. Let's give some fantasy advice now. Let's get into um, a lot of teams just failed. A lot of NFL teams just got it like a, a complete D minus F in, in trade value. How do we turn this, translate this into how I conduct my fantasy trades 
you know, how do I get to a winning season, not just winning next week, but uh, winning out for the rest of the year? What advice do you got to our, to our listeners? All right, so I have, like, basically a three-role approach when I'm trying to work trades or I'm being approached about a trade. So, I mean, one of the things is, you know, rule one, let's say, is if you set your, right, if you set your price too high, you're never going to be able to get a deal done. You have to be able to set the market price. You have to set the right market price to get what you want. Because remember, the people that you're trading with are trying to win too, or they're trying to put themselves in a position to be competitive the following season. So you can't offer trash and expect to get gold. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to, you know, saying we have a guy in one of our leagues who's famous, and it's a joke what he says, but he's famous for when you approach about trade, like, yeah, check out my bench and we can make out a deal. You know, like, it's, it's not something that people are willing to do. You know, you have to set your right price, right? Yeah. I mean, well, set it too high, you're not going to make a deal. You set it too low, and you're going to get ripped off, and you're going to end up regretting. I always try and put myself in the shoes of the person I'm trying to trade with, okay? Like, I want – if I'm going to give up this player, what am I going to look to get in return? How, how would getting rid of that player affect my team as if I was that other person, that other owner? Um, so that's, and that's kind of how you, how I would start, you know, you need to make realistic offers. You know, if you go and try and get Christian McCaffrey for Kenyon Drake, it's, it's just not gonna like, you know, you could offer five players for Christian McCaffrey. If those players are not good, it's not going to matter. Yeah. Right. And you gotta remember it's a negotiation, right? So you might not be coming in with your top dollar, but you gotta be close. And And, and that said, if, if, if you're somebody that's being offered a trade, you know, and you don't think the price you think the price is too high? Counter. Don't be one of these guys that sees a trade and just rejects it and then and then moves off. Maybe but, you counter with a player. You, maybe you're not willing to trade that player they're asking for. So counter with somebody else. Or there's nine million ways to get in touch with people these days. Shoot them a text and say, "Hey, I'm not interested in trading player A, but you know, are you interested in player B? Because I like the guy that you're offering." Like I had a I was talking to a player in one of our legs earlier this year about a player I like, and. I threw an offer out there and he didn't respond to the trade. He sent me a text. I said, Hey man, that's a really fair offer. I like the offer, but I'm not moving that guy. He's a great player. And he's one of my favorite players in the league. I just want him on my team. It's a really fair deal, but I'm just not looking to move that player. Is there something else you're interested in? But that's a great, that's a great response. Like, all right, he was interested in my deal. He thought it was fair, but that player is not available. That lets me know, A, the guy's open to dealing. B, he's thinking objectively. And see, like this is somebody that is willing to work. You know, there's somebody, there's there's operating room there to get a deal done. Right. But if you're not even close, people you know, are pissed off and shut down. Hitting the reject button and never like giving any kind of feedback or any kind of counter or anything. You know, like even if you hit the reject button, like hey man, I'm just not looking to make any moves. Some sort of feedback. Be out there, like communicate a little bit. You know, that's almost like a that's almost like a one. B. All right, what's your next lesson? Yeah, so rule two is if you're in negotiation and you're talking about if team A is talking to team B about players one, two, and three and team B doesn't want to trade players one, two, and three, move off those players. Don't continue the conversation for players that there's no chance of getting. And on the other side, don't continue a conversation about players you have no intentions of trading. You know, don't get to you know, you're right across, right about to cross the finish line. Be like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to trade those guys. You know, offer players that you are fine moving. 
And if there's guys on your team that are untouchable, be open about it. Be like, hey, you know, somebody texted you, is so-and-so available? No, but I might be willing to trade this guy. Any interest, right? I mean, there's nothing more frustrating than having a deal you think is almost done and then you get the guy like, ah, yeah, I'm not going to move that guy. Sorry. Yeah, that's he went through all that legwork and then he just blows it up. I mean, that's one of the reasons why just making an offer, you know, through your, you know, whatever your respectable app would be, just trying to go back and forth, making trades that way is is very difficult. You know, I've always found it in my best interest if I really want to get a deal done, just like you said, to to send a text message and kind of, you know, target a player, maybe get it going that way. You know, I've also done crazy things where I I can see like, okay, how about I offer you this player and then you can choose between any of these wide receivers. Like I, I you can have any wide receiver on my, you know, on my team plus this guy. That kind of creative thinking can't happen if you just send a, an offer through, you know, through your app. So you, you really need to open, you know, kind of open up your, your mind, open up your playbook a little bit and communicate. Communication is, is key. Yeah. I, like I said, the, the, the old, I'm going to open up the app. I'm going to throw a trade offer out there. And then you sit and stare at your phone and then watch it get rejected and nothing. I mean, it very rarely works. Very rarely do you just put an offer out there and it's accepted with no conversation and no legwork. I mean, it just, it does, it's not the way things work now, especially with everything's at, at our fingertips now. Like we have 9 million apps to get in touch with somebody. We have, you know, text, call, then you got your Marco Polo apps. You have your kick app. You have, you know, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, whatever else, Instagram. There's a million ways to get in touch with somebody if you want to if you want to work a trade with them. So don't say like, "Ah, eh, well, I have no way to get in touch with you." If you want to get in touch with somebody, there's a way to get in touch with them, and you can get you can IM them on whatever platform you're running your link through. So that 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 kind of sums up rule two: is you know have conversations about players that you that you are willing to trade, not guys that are off limits for you. All right. Last piece of advice. advice. All right. So everybody's looking for the big deal. Everybody's looking for the big splash. Sometimes the big splash trade isn't always, isn't the right trade. You know, you could go out there and you, let's say you have a, a decently deep team. You know, you, you're set at, you're starting wide receivers and running backs and you have two or three options at flex. Now you take three guys and trade them to somebody for one guy. Now all of a sudden, you have no bench. You have a good starting lineup, but you have no bench. One injury derails your entire season. Whereas now, when you had those two, three guys of flex, if you had an injury somewhere, you could plug that guy in and you still have flexible options. Well, now, as you traded all those options, you only had the one guy. If that guy gets hurt, now you're scrambling on the waiver wire trying to pick up people that nobody wants. So the big move isn't always the right move. So you may want to go out and get a guy like, uh, I don't know, throw a name out there. You may want to go get a Alvin Kamara or Saquon Barkley, but going after a guy like maybe, I don't know, Josh Jacobs or Devin Singletary, who has a very favorable schedule might be the better move because you don't have to give as many pieces off your roster to get those players. You know, you might want to get a Chris Carson, but be okay to settle for a Derrick Henry or a a, a Philip Lindsay. Mike, can you add on to that? Yeah, you know, I'm, I know exactly what you're trying to say. You know, I mean, 
sometimes you want to make that big move. You want it like, you know what? My team is just one really big. I mean, especially when you're talking about running backs, John and I had a, a very long conversation today about just how thin the running back position is and how we looked at all the teams in the league to try and find like, you know, usually when you're making a trade, you try and find the team that has the access so that you can trade him his need. Cause if you need running backs, likely he needs wide receivers more than likely. Um, this year, it's just not the case. It just seems like every team is just so thin at the position. And, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have to settle for a little less. I ended up trading David Montgomery for uh, James White. I mean, there was more to it than that. But, I mean, you know, one of the reasons I did it was because I wanted more consistency from that spot. You know, James White is basically 10 points every week. You know, you can send it to the bank. He won't be more than that, but he won't be less than that either. Whereas Montgomery is either going to give me two or forty. So, yeah. well, let's be honest. Montgomery is giving you more twos than forties. Um, he's a guy that we were all really high on at the beginning of the season. It hasn't really panned out. Not. I just think that offense is in is stuck in the mud right now. It's just spinning wheels. Maybe it's because their quarterback is trash. He, I don't think so, man. I don't Ugh. think Trubisky's trash. I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't know, man. I there's when I watch him play, I just, to think to think they could have had Mahomes or Watson, and they traded up to get Trubisky is just uh, he how? just he one of the things that concerns me the most about Trubisky is that he's not running at all this year. So like I remember, uh, you know, last season he would like you would get like forty you know forty yards a game it seemed rushing out of Trubisky or or even more. I think there were like he would you know seventy yards rushing was not out of out of the realm of possibility for Trubisky. It it gave him an attractive floor. And if yeah. he could th- you know throw in a touchdown in there it would it would help. It would help elevate his his play. This year it just seems like he's remember week one when uh they played Green Bay and they they held Trubisky basically useless other than a couple plays Allen Robinson like man Green Bay's got some really good corners. He, they held Trubisky in check. And like fast forward like eight weeks, Green Bay's secondary is trash. Right. And we just didn't realize how bad Trubisky was. I mean, so. and it just hasn't the, the the thing that sucks is it just hasn't gotten any better. The injury that he took this year was to his non throwing shoulder, and I just I find it hard to believe that that's what's really affecting him. So I don't know, man. I just I feel like he took a step back this year. And maybe it could get better. Hopefully it will for, for his sake. But, I mean, if it doesn't, then unfortunately for Bears fans, I mean, you're, you're looking at another quarterback search if this doesn't turn around sooner than rather but So than do you pull the – I mean, this is – he's had one bad year so far. You know, he had a decent year last year. Do you pull the plug that early on him? <sighs> well – I mean that that that's kind of when you get into this this situation now where, okay, do we pull the plug on Trubisky or do we pull the plug on Nagy and see if a different coach? Yeah, who got a little testy this weekend at the podium? You know, it's uh, I'll tell you what, man, it's it's just not a good place to be. Hopefully, they can figure something out. Obviously, you know, I mean, like you you saw a team like the Chargers already fired their offensive coordinator this week. Is that uh, the just third time in four years? Third time in four years? The third time in three years they fired their coordinator. Halfway through the season. I believe that is correct. Ken Wisenhunt was the uh, scapegoat this time around. Um, I don't know. We'll see how it shakes things up over there. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, at some point, something's going to have to give. And the question is, will it be Nagy or will it be Trubisky? How, you know, how contentious is that relationship going to get? And uh, where will ownership land as far as whose side they're going to be on? Is it going to be on the guy who they put all that draft stock into? Or is it going to be the guy that they're trusting to 
turn that so, franchise so you, around. That's where you think the disconnect is. You think it's Nagy and Trubisky. I mean, you that's know? that's kind of what I, you know at this point because like what he said at the podium didn't have me feeling like he trusted anything on that team. Uh, you run the ball. I didn't think about running the ball. I didn't think about passing or passing the ball. It, it was what it was. We we did what we did. That was the only option there. And for a game where you had 170 yards rushing, I think, or maybe more, right? to say that you couldn't get two or three more to set up an easier field goal, I mean, I was a football player, so I don't know what it's like to be a kicker. So, I, But from my understanding, it's easier funny. the closer you are. Right? I yes. Mean, but, uh, no, <laughs> Sorry, we both – I'm just like, well, that was, that was a joke. Right, so, <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> that was supposed to be a joke. Um. I, I'm no, it's just a fact. I was a football player, yes. so I have no, I have no idea what it's like to be a kicker. kicker. Like that's yes. the truth. <laughs> I got it, but I, but I'm with you. I feel like the, Nagy doesn't trust anything, and, and Trubisky has talent. So I, I do think that somewhere along the line, you are you really gonna just cut ties with Trubisky without really putting him in a position to be so you know, successful? Now this is, I mean, this might be a really scumbag thing to do if you're if you're Nagy. And you don't think Trubisky's the guy? Why not open up the playbook and just put him out there to fail? And be like, look, this is it. This is him running the playbook. He can't do it. I mean, that's kind of what – that's the Jay Gruden style of coaching right there, isn't it? That's what he did But no, Well, Jay Gruden did it in a real dickhead way. Because, <laughs> he sure did. Because he didn't <laughs> give he this kid one – he, he didn't give this – first off, he put out there that he never wanted the guy. Second off, he went out there and put the fucking guy out in the game with not one first-team rep ever, and said, hey, see, he can't do it. Bitch, please. Let me, <laughs> <laughs> Let me see you go do that. Yeah, I'm going to throw you behind, behind the grill of a Michelin star restaurant and tell you to cook me everything on the menu, and you've never been in the kitchen before. And I'm gonna be like, bitch, see, you can't cook. Like, <laughs> no, it's not, it's, that's not how this shit works. You need training. You don't just walk in and be like, hey, I'm a motherfucking NFL quarterback. No, that's not the way it works, dude. It takes time, it takes prep. This guy's literally been sitting on the sideline, like talking about what bar they're going to go to because he's not getting anywhere near the near the field. He, he's 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 Mox, Moxley from uh, Varsity Blues. No way, I'm getting in the game. Next thing you know, star quarterbacks on the ground, legs bent the wrong way, and you're like, oh shit, I gotta go. <laughs> How do we get on this tangent with the Chicago know, Bears? Chicago Bears. Because we're talking about fantasy trade advice, and somehow that leads to Chicago Bears. Cool. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Any other fantasy advice about you, Mike? Any any rules or tricks of the trade? Again, I I always say, you know, if you really, really, really want to get a deal done, you need to realize that you have to be willing to lose the deal. You have right? to be willing to lose the deal. That's my advice. You you can't. And I'm not saying willing to lose, like, as in, uh, listen to me, if you get a piece that helps your team in any way, regardless of how much you gave away to get it, then you won the deal for yourself. You know, it's not a matter of who, because that's been the thing the last couple of years is who got the better end of the deal and should we veto the trade? No, you know, stop, stop, vetoes. Vetoes should go the way of kickers in fantasy football leagues. They shouldn't exist unless unless it's a clear cut collusion. Right. Vetoes should not. I mean, if if a last place team is cha- is is trading Pat Mahomes for Sam Darnold, yeah. like yes, that that should not be a trade that goes through. I agree. Unfortunately, 100%. a bunch of years back, we vetoed a trade that ended up being one of the stupidest things we ever done because the guy that we thought was getting over 
actually ended up getting a third of the points that the guy that we thought was getting ripped off. You know, like it, it, it's vetoes shouldn't happen. Right. You know, there's going to be trades that you don't like. There's going to be trades that, you know, they look a little shitty on the surface. But, you know, at this point, you know, everybody pays the same amount of money. Treat your team the way you want to. It's got to be within, it's got to be respectful to the league. But, I mean, actually, you just started to hit on what I was going to say, John, which is don't worry about what everyone else thinks. Yeah. I think that's the piece you need. Someone on that team in that league is going to hate it no matter what. Oh yeah, everybody's gonna have something. Probably to say the guy you're playing that week, especially if you beat him. The and also, week. yeah, exactly. Like you said, Jimmy. And don't be afraid to make a deal that you think everybody's gonna kill you for making. But like, you know, if you have a player that's on your team that's valuable, but you're not in love with him or he's not performing, but he's still got value, get rid of him. You know, I mean, who David cares? Montgomery. Like you said, <laughs> Todd Gurley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I should never fucking drafted that clown. God damn it. Just like on draft day, you're going to draft somebody too early, quote unquote, too early that someone's going to hate. But listen, and then, and then, and then, and then that person's going to be calling you by week five. Hey, is this guy available? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, if, if, if you can get what you need in a trade, be willing to pay up for it. You know what I mean? And try and be creative. Like I said, try and open up your mind and communicate with the other person. Talk about, how it will make their team better, talk about how it will make your team better, and, and you'll eventually come to an agreement. You know, it's, yeah. sometimes you got to work at it, man. It's not, just, it's not as easy as just, you know, completely bombing the person's inbox, you know, with, with offers that make Although no that sense. Although that, that is the way to get some people to do deals. but Some uh, people. And, and another thing, guys, you know, most of you have been in leagues with people that you know and, like, or you've been in leagues for long times with people. And, uh, you know, you know the guys that – you know what you have to do with certain people to get deals done. You know certain people just – you're not going to get deals done. You know there's people that, you know, your treasures are their trash. You know, they're, they're like everybody – their bench players are better than your starters. Their waiver wire ad is better than your first-round draft pick. You know those guys, and don't go through the aggravation of trying to deal with them because it's never going to – a deal is never going to get done. You know, and then you have the other guys that don't really know the value of players, so they think like, all right, well, Drew Brees is worth a first-round pick, right? No. Like, Really? Hey, I have Drew Brees keeper eligible. I'm looking for a third round pick. Mm, keep looking, buddy. <laughs> so, I mean, you all, like you can know the players, but also know the the the, the team managers too. You, you need to know the personality. You need to know what gets these guys to make the move, and you need to know if the, if a move's even possible. Like we've had guys in this in the league we're in for a decade that have just made their first trade. Yeah, that's right. We, we have one guy that, like, I literally thought he was never going to make a trade because he literally told me, I don't make trades because I'm too afraid of getting ripped off. And then all of a sudden he makes a trade. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so it's good that that happened, though. There's only one more piece of advice I have to say, and it, it's not trade related in this time at this case. Um, you know, we're week eight, right? I have one team that's two and six. But this particular team has Saquon Barkley and Devontae Adams on it. Like, that should be a good indication of why I'm 2-6. and six. Don't give up on the season, guys. All right? If, if you have good pieces, buy. Buy, buy, buy. Go and get those players that we have you know, been talking about week after week that you think might be able to help you make a push. If you can win out 
you can make the play. All you have to do is make it to the dance, man. If you can make it to the dance, who knows what could happen? Get hot at the right time. Just and I'll tell you what, trying. Mike, there's been years I was out of it that I love nothing more than knocking off a guy that was in sixth, right? Getting the, that last win in, of, the, of the season that counted and knocking him out of the playoffs. Exactly. So, you know, your your team matters whether you end up in this in the in the playoffs or not. Absolutely. So that's that's the last piece of advice I can leave you off with. Sweet. So I think that's just where we should leave it, boys. Um, right. I think that's what we got for you. So uh, you can find us on Hot Heads Podcast. That's Hot Heads with a Z on Twitter, and uh, find us on Welcome to the Show Podcast at wttspod.com wherever you download your podcasts. Until next week's later. Free talk early. <laughs>